Thank you for listening to the Providence Podcast. For more information, please visit www.facebook.com slash P-M-B-C-K-Y or join us for one of our services. This morning in Sunday school, we were in Nehemiah chapter 8. In that scripture text, as we were studying in our Sunday school classes, we, we know that it's the seventh month of the year, right, in that day and time. And in that seventh month, there were three different feasts, right? Uh, if I remember the dates correctly, and you can look it up in Leviticus and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe one of them was on the 1st, one was on the 10th, one was on the 15th. And Leviticus tells us that even in between those things, they were still to keep the Sabbath, and they did all the other things in worshiping God, even in between all of those feasts, all of those times in which sacrifices were offered up unto the Lord for atonement and so forth. And talk about a time in which you were really focused on the Lord. Can you think of a time in your life where you were really focused on the Lord. I don't know about you, but there's, there are times, and, and I had one of these days the other day, where I start reading in God's Word somewhere, and I just can't stop. I just keep reading, and I just keep reading. And then you look up, and before you know it, an hour is gone. And your head goes back down, and, you, and you're reading some more, and you look back up, and another hour is gone. And folks, I don't have two hours to spare. But when you're in the presence of the Lord through the Holy Scriptures, I've got all the time in the world. Amen? Because that's glorious time to be in the Scriptures. The people wanted to hear the Word of God read, and they wanted to understand it. Right? That's what our Sunday school lesson showed us this morning. And as they began to read God's Word, and listen, folks, I preached for 20 minutes. Stop and think about this. How long did they go that morning? It said from morning till midday, which was how long? That's about six hours. Y'all ready for me to preach six hours? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm not ready to preach six hours, brother. I'm not ready. I know. I saw him. You don't have to point him out. Hey, he's in the Lord's house. He's honest. Amen. That's right. I want you to look with me in, in chapter number nine. Let's, let's continue in God's Word from there. We know these people wanted to hear the Word of God. They wanted to understand God's Word. When they did, it broke their hearts. It brought conviction. It says they began to what? Cry. They began to weep. And they said, no, 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 wait a minute. Hold it. No. Go eat. Go celebrate. Take food to people that don't have it, that's not prepared. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen, church? The joy of the Lord is still your strength even today. And my strength today. Yes, Conviction is hard. Yes, conviction is ugly. But it has a purpose. Conviction draws us to the reality of the sin that's in our lives. We repent of it like these people were doing. Then there's joy. Amen. 
joy. There ought to be joy in the fact that He convicts us of sin. He makes us aware of it. He makes us understand it. He makes us accept the fact we're in it. But He doesn't just leave us there. Aren't you thankful for that? He doesn't just leave you right there. Well, I've made you aware of it, Pastor. You know what's there. Now you're on your own. You figure it out. Now you're on your own. Now you have to earn my forgiveness. I can't earn it. I can't do enough to earn his love and his forgiveness, Brother Troy. But by faith, by faith, I confess my sins. And according to the scriptures, I believe I'm forgiven. And I'm thankful for that. Aren't you? And therein I see joy in his strength. Not in mine. Not in mine. Look with me in chapter number 9 as we go into some of these scripture texts. I, I wish we had time where we could all stand like these people did and I could read God's word for a long period of time. Not only any of us can handle it. So I'm going to hit some highlights. Here's your homework. I want you to go back some point this evening. I want you to take just a few minutes and I want you to sit down and read chapter 9. Now, I'm going to hit some high verses in this, and I want to point out to you just who God is in regards to what these Levites were proclaiming before God's people. And then when you go back home this evening, you sit down and read chapter 9, you think about these thoughts. There's more to it. This is not in, all-inclusive. These are just some of the highlights that I've, God's put on my heart that I need to share with you this morning. And I want you to think through these things as you go back through God's Word and pray over His Word. Now, we know this is the 24th day of this seventh month. So this is getting to the latter end of the time in which they've been spending together. They've been doing the feasts. They've been obedient to the Sabbath. They've been faithful in, in following through with these things. And then here's what takes place towards the end of this month. Now, let me share one thing. It says in verse 3, They stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one-fourth part of the day. And another fourth part, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God for half of a day, church. Half of a day. Stop and think about that. These folks wanted to be in God's Word. Amen? We ought to be willing and eager to be in his word. We go on down to verse 5. It says the Levites, and, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce all those names, they stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Look who God is in verse number 6 as they continue to shout unto the Lord, Thou, even Thou art Lord alone, Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all things uh, therein, and Thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worships Thee. What do you see about God in this verse? As these Levites are proclaiming this out to the people, there is one God, and there's one God alone. Amen, church? There is one God and there's one God alone. We see that in this verse. Thou art the Lord 
alone. Not only is he one God, but he is creator of all that is. Aren't you thankful for that? Go back and read Genesis chapter 1. Read the creation story. He is creator of the world. There is one God. He is the one who's created. Amen? But not only that, look at that verse on down in there. It says what? He preserves. He holds this place in place. Without God, it won't work. Amen? Without God, life doesn't function, doesn't work properly. There's one God. One God. He keeps his word. He's faithful unto that. He is creator. He's sustainer. And it says here, on the host of heaven worships thee. God's worthy to be praised, church. Amen. He's worthy to hear our praises unto him. Not only of those in heaven, but those of us who are here on earth whose time is not yet to go. He's one God. He's creator. He's sustainer. He preserves. Look at verses uh, 7 and 8 with me. Thou art the Lord, the God, who didst choose Abram and broughtest him forth out of the Ur of the Chaldees and gave him the name of Abraham and foundest his heart faithful before thee and made a covenant with him to give the land of the Kenites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Girgashites, to give it, I say, to his seed and hast performed thy words for thou art righteous not only is my God one God not only is he creator and sustainer of the world but he's a righteous God he is the righteous God and he's true to his word amen amen church he's true to his word he does not lie there is no lie in him he is truth he is righteousness Listen to this. These folks are pouring this out of their mouths and out of their hearts. This is towards the end of a month's long time of festivals and of worship and of praise and of fasting. This chapter leads off with them in sackcloth. Church, repenting of sins in their life. Repenting of sin in their life. And then they begin to declare who God is, the one true God, the creator, the sustainer, the righteous one, the true one. Amen? Verse 9 says, And did see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea. God sees your situations. God sees your situations. He sees my situations. He sees the trials and the troubles and the afflictions that we go through. He is not ignorant of it. He is not not paying attention. He's aware. He knows. He knows every single thing going on in your life. Good and difficult. Amen? He knows it all. That's the God we serve. That's the God they were serving. That's the God with whom they repented of their sins right here as these Levites are shouting these things out before the children, 
before God's people. He's one God, creator, sustainer. He's righteous. He keeps his word. He keeps his covenant. Look at verse 11 with me. And thou didst divide the sea before them so that they went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And their persecutors thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. My God is a God of deliverance, church. Now let me explain that just a little bit. Not only did he deliver the children of Israel across dry ground and flooded that waters back over that army that pursued them. I believe there's afflictions, there's circumstances, there's situations in our lives that we pray and call out unto him that he very well delivers us through. Situations. Now, let me say this. Let me say this in that same tone. There are some situations that we just have to bear the fire through for God is teaching us something through it be it patience be it he's drawing our attention to him because we're not giving him attention but listen to me church there are times when which we cry out to him he delivers from our situations and when we cry out to him he delivers us from our sin when we truly repent in our hearts and I believe that's what was happening right here with these people. They had put their focus on the Lord. The Bible tells us they came together as one to hear the Word of God. And not just to hear it, but they wanted to hear it explained so they understood it. When they understood it, it broke their hearts and they repented of sin. What Sunday school lesson tell us this morning? They said, listen, don't be crying. Don't be weeping over this. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. No, just the opposite. Celebrate. Celebrate. God's forgiven you. Amen? Celebrate. Live in the joy and the strength in which he has given you. He's a God of deliverance, sometimes in situations, more importantly, of the sins that are in our lives. You say, Pastor, how did he deliver us? Through Jesus Christ. Amen? Through Jesus Christ. Have we been delivered? I think about chapter uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, and you, has he quickened, has he given you life? Who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. A lot of us have lived in this world and of this world. Amen. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in time past in the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Nobody's excluded. We've all been there. Amen, church? But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in those sins, hath quickened us together. He has given us life. With whom? With Christ. With Jesus Christ. By grace are we saved. 
Praise the Lord for His grace, for His mercy. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have a relationship with Him because of what He has done for me. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, the one whose grace and mercy was poured out for me on that cross, Brother Glenn. Amen? Amen. Look with me there in verse, go back to Nehemiah. Look down with me. Verse uh, number 12 says, Moreover, thou lettest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. He's a God of guidance, church. Amen. Oh, the path that I would be on right now if I had lived my life in the manner in which I would have chosen. I can't imagine. But praise God, He brought that conviction on me. Praise God. I desired to hear his word like these people did. Praise God that conviction set heavy on me. Praise God I repented of sin in my life. Praise God he saved my soul. And I strive to be obedient to him daily. And I fail. And fail miserably sometimes, church. Do you ever fail? Aren't you thankful? He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't quit on you. He doesn't get tired of you. He still loves you and desires for you to be in Christ and forgives us when we repent, when we fail. Aren't you thankful, church? Amen. God is a God of guidance. He's a God of guidance and a God of provision. Look at verse 13. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spakest with them from heaven and gave them right judgments, true laws, good statutes and commandments and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath and command, uh, command them precepts, statutes and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger. He brought forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst and prom uh, promised them that they should go in to possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them. He is a God of guidance and a God of provision. I'm guided by his holy word and his Holy Spirit. He provides for us daily. I'm almost ashamed, almost embarrassed to say it. There's never been a day in my life that I've been Hungry. Now, church, y'all know me. You know how much I like to eat. We're not talking about hangry. You know what I mean. There has never been a day in my life that I have been without food or water. God provides. God has provided, and I'm thankful for that. Aren't you? Sometimes we forget to be, don't we, church? There's where that conviction sets in, and we have a moment right now where we can say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for not being thankful for your guidance and for your provision. Because I'm awfully blessed. Awfully blessed. 
He's one God. He's creator, sustainer. He's righteous. He's the God of deliverance. He's the God of guidance and the God of provision. Continue in the scriptures with me. Look, verse 16. But they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to your commandments. You ever been hard-necked and hard-hearted, church? Don't answer that out loud. I know you and I both have. Unwilling to turn and be obedient to him. And refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou, listen, but thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Aren't you thankful that he is a God of forgiveness, that he is a God of grace, that he is the God of mercy, that he is the God of patience, that he is a God of love, and he is a God of commitment. He has not forsook us, forsaken us. Amen. Come on, church. Get in the moment. Be. Be in the crowd of these people for a second. Be in that month of time that they've spent in these festivals. Be in this moment in which they want to continue to hear the Word of God. Be in this moment in which those Levites are proclaiming the Word of God and who He is as they repented of sin in their lives. Be in this moment and think about just how wonderful our God is. Jump down with me to uh, verse 21 says, Yea, forty years did thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Even though, even though they were stiff-necked and rebelled, Brother Troy, against God, his mercy and His grace and His provision and His patience and His love and His commitment stood still and stood firm for 40 years. 40 years. Because why? Because He loved them. Because He loves you and because He loves me. He's still to this day merciful, graceful, patient, loving, committed. To you and your walk with him and to me and to my walk with him. Aren't you thankful for that church? Jump to verse 33. The Bible says, Now therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the terrible God, who keeps covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee that hath come upon us, our kings, our princes, and our priests, and our uh, prophets, and on our fathers, and on all thy people since the time of the kings of Assyria unto this day. The people, God's people, had a promise. Those lands in which they conquered and took control of were to be a blessing unto them. So long as God may, was the God of, the, of, of, of his people, that blessing would carry forward. But we know, we know, Sin hardened a lot of their hearts. And they turned their hearts and their minds and their worship to other things. And as a result of that, God's judgment came down on them, didn't it, church? Dispersed, scattered abroad. And now, 
enslaved in that very land of promise that God had given them. Verse 33, Howbeit thou art just in all that is brought upon us, for thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. God is a just God, church. Amen. God is a just God. What he decrees and what he lays out and what happens is just and it's right. And these people knew it. For the sins of their forefathers and their families before them did not walk in the ways of Almighty God. But praise the Lord for the repentant heart that we see here in Nehemiah. Amen, church? And it should be in us, even this day. Oh, God is good. Look with me. Verse 36, 37. Behold, we are servants this day. And for the land that thou gavest unto our fathers to eat the fruit thereof and the good thereof, behold, we are now servants in it. God's judgment had come upon them. Verse 37, and it yielded much increase unto the kings whom thou hast set over us because of our sins. Also they have dominion over our bodies and over our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. Don't think for a minute that your sins don't impact anybody but you. That's simply not true. Amen. The effect and the impact in God's judgment upon one sin can impact and affect a whole lot of people. So let's be like God's people in Nehemiah. Let's come together as one. Every service that we come in this place. What do I say to you all time and time again? Come in here praying with expectation. Amen? Praying with expectation that God's going to move. That God's going to move you. And God's going to move me. And he'll do that through his word. And through his word, may your pastor stand up here as best as he possibly can by the power of the Holy Spirit and explain God's word. And teach God's word. And may we be hungry to come in this place to hear it. Oh, that our country would be hungry for God's word again. Amen. Oh, that leadership in this country would be hungry for God's word again. Oh, that this church would continue to be hungry for God's word. These folks were enslaved. They knew they weren't placing the blame on anybody. They took full responsibility for that. God, your judgment is just. And we have been those in sin. Forgive us. Aren't you thankful for forgiveness of sins, church? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Praise God. Praise God. For his forgiveness. I want to close in, in Romans. Romans chapter 10. And we're going to wrap up right here. 
Romans chapter 10. I want you to look with me there, starting in verse... Well, that's not Romans. Let's get to the other Romans. That was Corinthians. Romans chapter 10. Look with me, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thankful for that, church? Say amen. Amen. How then... How then shall they call on him in him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not, what church? Heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Someone to proclaim the word of God. Less and less pastors. Less, excuse me, excuse me. Less and less men are accepting the call to preach. It's not easy. But when you're called to it, you've got to be obedient. We need more pastors. Men who will accept the call that God has placed on their lives. Because people need to hear the word. Amen. Verse 15, and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the man that stands behind the pulpit. By the word of God, Brother Glenn. Amen. Absolutely. It's by God's word. May the man who stands behind the pulpit preach God's word in truth, in its wholeness. Aren't you thankful that you have the one true God? Aren't you thankful that he is the creator and the sustainer of life? Aren't you thankful that he's true, that he is righteous? Aren't you thankful that he is a God of deliverance? Aren't you thankful that he is the God of guidance and provision? Aren't you thankful that he is the God of forgiveness, grace, mercy, patience, love, and commitment? Aren't you thankful that he's just? Aren't you thankful that you're a servant of God and not a slave of sin? Would you stand with me? As we, our musicians come and we have our time of invitation this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we have, have this time in which we gather for this invitation, Lord, I pray. We think just for a moment about what you put on my heart to share with the church this morning. Are we your servant Or are we a slave to sin? May that rest on our minds and our hearts right now. And Lord, if there be someone who needs to come to this altar, may they come right now. In Jesus' name I pray it. And amen.